Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Evie Redisi, and uh, this uh, is uh, my uh, guest for today. He's a sex freedom coach and practitioner. So he studied in the tradition of Tantra, and then he's working his own method. Uh, Justin Gottlieb, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer here in the internet universe. Um, We did something different today. We actually had um, a Yoni session and want to talk about it right after. So we wanted to speak from that energy and also, um, you know, since I was able to receive, um, you know, find the language to share how it felt. The greatest difference, which is extremely telling, was that we we don't know each other, we have not met, we met once for a podcast in the company of people, that's it, right? So, um, one, including myself, you know, one, as humans, we kind of associate having any sort of like intimate uh, contact and touch with desire, right? So... We assume that in order for this to happen, we have to meet and we have to go through the entire, uh, you know, drama. Getting to know you. Of seduction. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not really so much getting to know because we tell each other our, you know, favorite version of ourselves. Mm. <laughs> you know, we sell each other, right, to each other. And, um, and we try half intuitively, right? So like... Our, our animal or intuitive self is trying to figure out if like there will be a chemical connection or if like, you know, in the most, in the most like animal way, if like that sperm and my egg will make the fittest human, <laughs> right, that I can produce. But at the same time, all kinds of like much more contemporary cues right, to fit into like the areas that we think must be, you know, filled for us to be with someone intimately. Um, so, and even when you go to a, a sexual party where you don't know people, or even if you, um, you know, go to a bar and get drunk and like have a one night stand, which I don't do, you know, and I, I don't, I definitely don't believe in uh, non intoxicated sex, but even if you do that, that seduction still takes place, right? You stare in each other's eyes a certain way. You convey a message, you know, I want you, just you, only you, no one else, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I must be with you, and it can't be anyone else. And it's that feeling that we've associated with love and romance and vows um, that we harvest for our sexual openness and our sexual energy exchange, right? So if I don't feel chosen and I, if I don't feel, you know, like somehow in that magic of the moment, even if we both know it's just for the moment, you know, we're telling each other this is irresistible. I can't resist it. I have to be with you. And that's our scenario. And from there, we give in. <laughs> right, or we fall in love, you know, we, we or we whatever we um, 
whatever the you know the terminology is, we're turned on. Or, but somehow we need to get to that place and then abandon our consciousness. Like I'm Eurydice, I have this podcast, you're Justin, you know, you make your money doing jobs, you're on your phone. Suddenly it's like a sudden switch. And we go into like that place that we inhabit only when we're only when we're sexual. And that's when we allow each other to touch. Um, so for me, the most surprising thing was that it's possible to, you know, get to that same place of like sexual or even, or, 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 you know, of, of, you know, orgasm or completion without any of that stuff. So the body is the body <laughs> and it does its thing and it doesn't require all that additive you know, mental and psycho, you know, somatic stuff that we've added onto it. That's our stuff. It's our cultural, right? Um, I feel it's our cultural burden that we carry on our backs. And it's also our social conditioning. It's the language we've been taught to use and the stories we are told that we believe in, that we've convinced ourselves of. But the fact that this can happen, that we can just meet like that and, um, and find you know, that same exact physical place without the you know, emotional requirement right. is revelatory to me. Absolutely. And it's a great point because there is a difference between love emotion and love energy. And what I exchange in a Tantra session is love energy. And it's not a love emotion. It's not um, the client's going to fall in love with me or want to date me or anything to that realm. It's we're here to exchange and share in this energetic healing experience. Um, so the context is different. But it is a hurdle for a lot of my clients to get over of like, well, I'm only, I'm so used to only people that I've vetted in a romantic sexual way being able to touch me or be with me in that intimate experience. So it is a, certainly a hurdle, but there's a different dance when it comes to receiving a Tantra massage. And there's still hurdles that are put out there, right? So energetically, your practitioner, in this case me, you have to feel safe with right? You want to feel comfortable. You are likely vetting to make sure that they're legitimate, that they've done trainings, that they are, have done, have experience doing these sessions. There's still an attraction typically, right? Like you might not have done this with someone that you had no attraction to whatsoever. You might have, but some would not. So there's still a dance and a uh, discernment that happens with these experiences, but it is very different from what we're used to. Right. Right, yeah. And um, you were telling me that uh, a lot of, a lot of, I mean, speaking of revelatory, you were telling me that uh, people find it life-changing, and especially women, right? And sometimes they say this is the first time they understood what, you know, their body was about or sex was about. Yeah, yeah. So every session's completely different, and I have no idea what's going to happen in any given session. Some sessions are, are massive emotional releases where trauma from childhood abuse comes up and it's able to release. And 
the person feels lighter than they've ever felt in their lives. So it's cathartic. Cathartic. And, and they it, cry. It, and they cry, they scream. I mean, mm. it's it can be extremely intense. Wow. And in those experiences, I, I'm there to hold space and be right. present and ground them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other experiences... So that's when, you know, women mostly uh, hold like trauma and violence in their body. In the body. In, their body, in yeah. the body, in and the yoni. In their, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, vagina, and so. all people do. But mm-hmm. the yoni is, you know, <clears throat> the physical well, it, embodiment. It receives exactly. Yeah. It's a physical so. embodiment of receiving. It's the feminine energy mm-hmm. in a sense. So it's much more receptive. It's yeah. much more um, energy gets deposited <clears throat> there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for women, it typically is a bigger experience in that realm. However, there's mm-hmm. plenty of women who come and they get a tantra massage, and there's no emotional release but they start to breathe and harness and, and work with their sexual energy in a conscious way, which they may never have before. Mm. That's typically also what men experience is like, I mean, I remember my first Tantra massage, I was 23, I was ask you that. <laughs> I'm 37 now, and I was in Germany with a, um, a girlfriend at the time, and I looked it up. I was always interested in Tantra and touch and, and this world of sexuality. And I looked it up and I found this place. It was called Ananda in Cologne, Germany. And I got a couple's Tantra massage with my girlfriend. And these two beautiful goddesses come out. We do a little ceremony and um, they, they start massaging her over there. And then one of them massages me. And I'm looking at this beautiful naked goddess who's putting oil on my body. And I say to her, what, what do I do? And she looks at me because I'm just like I I don't know yeah. what to do here. You yeah. know, do I just like, yeah. get a massage like I'm used yeah. to? I'd never yeah. experienced before. And she was like, "Just breathe and try not to ejaculate." And I was like, "Wait, really? Like it's I the thought, opposite of what I thought. This is yeah. what I'm paying for here. Yeah. Like this yeah, is what yeah. I want to experience." But I took it to heart, and I knew this was a unique experience. And and I, I breathe. I breathe through the experience, which a lot of us don't do. And I wasn't doing at the time. I was holding my breath when I had an orgasm. I was holding in energy and I was breathing just from my chest. And to actually open up and fully breathe, and your energy from your sacral chakra starts to move. And mm-hmm. then I experienced my first version of an expanded orgasm. Because from the moment I would have typically ejaculated, to the moment I actually did, because of her instruction, I felt an expansion. I felt something different than my typical orgasm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I mm-hmm. knew there was something to this. Um, this wasn't some woo-woo made up stuff. It just took one instruction. Wow. And imagine what happens after you really study this and you practice and you practice and you practice on your self-pleasure rituals and you practice with lovers. It can be mm-hmm. explosive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can study it for life because it's so ancient that really the texts are endless and the sources, you yeah. know, you can dig and dig and dig and learn. Yeah, yeah and the definition of Tantra is expansion. Mm-hmm. And I look at it as like, what can we expand in our life? What do we mm-hmm. want to expand? For me, a lot of times it's intimacy, it's love. Mm-hmm. Or how do I expand my orgasm? And then I go, is there a limit to that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. There's no limit. So you're mm-hmm. never done studying Tantra. You're never done exploring your sexual energy mm-hmm. because it's limitless. And right. something important to note is that our sexual energy is the energy that creates consciousness. It creates another human being, right? 
It yeah, also that's creates our, our, our orgasm. Our ultimate magic. I mean, we all talk about magic and manifesting and conjuring, but like the one that's undeniable <laughs> that, you know, it's not even like believing in a certain God or believing in, you know, science. It's just undeniable right. is that we have that magic. But in, and in the Western world, we're really taught about the scientific, the biological, physiological mm -hmm. aspect of it. So it kind of strips us of the whole point of like thinking about like, wait a second, I'm just having sex with someone. Right. Nothing else is really going on. And then right. magically a baby and consciousness right. starts to grow. Yeah. Like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I got into Tantra. I'm like, there's no energy that's more powerful than mm -hmm. our sexual energy. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at, well, where do we actually get to work with our sexual energy? And it's like, everything seems to shun it or, or make a good or bad argument out of sexual energy or masturbation or you know, marriage, sex before marriage, whatever it is, there's mm. all these things that are like, there's so much judgment, judging it, yeah. right? And Tantra is the one discipline that says, accept all within you, mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. It's not good or bad. Yeah. It's just yeah. simply it is. Mm -hmm. Anger is there and greed is there and mm -hmm. your sex is there. Mm -hmm. what, what are yeah. we sitting here doing trying to say this is bad? We shouldn't accept what's yeah. within us. Yeah. 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 When I, when I was in India and I, I studied Tantra, not sexual Tantra, but you know, tantric yoga, um, the way that I mo best understood it, which sometimes serves humanity and sometimes it doesn't, but it serves the individual <laughs> always, um, is that you, 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 you breathe yourself and kind of like make yourself, make yourself so present and conscious that you're always in harmony with your environment, no matter what. So that in a sense, you know, when you are about to take a, a, you know, a walk with your dog on the beach and it starts to rain, you're so in tune that you've just wished for rain like a second before the weather changes and you get rained on, right? So you're never, you're never unhappy, you're never at odds, you're never angry because that's exactly where you want to be. I mean, it's easier <laughs> said than done, you know, and those gurus, that's all they do their whole life. <laughs> and And I do feel that you know, it is a, it should be a dance because, um, of course, you don't want to be like, you know, taken on the trains to Auschwitz and this is what you're, you know, wanting to feel. So there has to be a moment where we stand up and say, no, this is not good. We don't want this. But, but knowing that, you know, takes that wisdom, takes that presence, instead of kind of like flailing about and saying, no, 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 or my way, my way, or give me, or you know, whatever. So that kind of like elevating one's consciousness is the expansion. You grow so wide that in the you know, ultimate eventuality of enlightenment, you have space for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, death bloodshed, whatever, yeah. But you and I, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> don't need to, to get there, uh, at least not anytime soon. We can um, stay with this conversation. And, um, you know, the, the other thing that, that I felt that was very uh, different and, and interesting um, in the process of, of change um, was that I was wondering what you were thinking, right? <laughs> and what you were feeling, you know? So I'm, I was thinking, I'm lying there, and I'm like, so he, no matter who, like, no matter what, he, um, you know, 
touches them lightly and then he embraces them and then he kind of like, you know, does this, um, some of the language of lovemaking, right? The tactile, mm -hmm. right? Um, and whispers in their ear. And I just thought, that's like, that's so wild. Like, <laughs> you know, to, to not take, to take, it's, you're not just taking ego, but you take um, discrimination, let's say, out of, the, out of that experience as well. How did you get to that place, if you, if you have? Yeah, I mean, it, it is true. I, I'm simply my only role, my only goal in the entire Tantra massage when I'm working with anybody is to be present. And when I'm truly present, then I'm present to the body and I can feel into the touch and I could feel into my heart of what affirmation to say to them, um, how to move the energy. And that's it. It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter what they look like. Um, you know, and I'm not in my head thinking, right? right? So I'm trying right, to, right, right. to be fully present. And you're not in your head. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about if something's happening or not, because if nothing's happening, if I don't see anything happening, I'm not going, oh, I need to go excite mm -hmm. the energy. Mm -hmm. But this is what they need. And some people right. walk away from a session and they haven't moved the whole time. And I encourage people to move if they want. They haven't moved the whole time. And I'm like, after <laughs> it's over, I'm going like, how, how was that for you? And they're just like, I have never felt so relaxed and so peaceful in my life. And I'm like, they could have just been like, that was boring. I would have had no real idea of like what was going on in their experience. I just knew to trust that everything was happening as it should. Mm -hmm. And uh, it definitely took practice for me to get to that point because especially being a man who really I'm core in my masculine energy, I'm like always trying to be like, what's happening? How do we get to this result? How do we create mm -hmm. something out of this? Yeah. Goal oriented. So for me, it became a complete disregard for a goal or any sort of performance and simply I know that whatever needs to happen here is happening and that's it and I trust. Yeah. So it's a meditative experience for you too because you have to each time kind of reach that meditative space where it's like energy to energy, right? And I'm doing yeah. everything that I'm teaching my clients to do. Exactly. So it is a meditation. It's it, yeah. breathing. You breathing. know, you You're hear me breathing. breathing. I'm making yeah. eye contact. So if mm -hmm. my client opens her eyes... I'm right there looking into yeah. her eyes. She yeah. knows that I'm there. And that is what provides such safety is the knowledge and the knowing that he's got me. Mm -hmm. Whatever I go through, whatever I allow to come up, whatever it releases, he's got me. I'm mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's important to learn, the, you know, to have the, the context for safety, you know, the words for safety, understanding, you know, asking the boundaries, asking the fears, asking the desires, naming them in the beginning. Um, and I feel that, you know, in this moment in our society where everyone is kind of, you know, wondering, no, especially the men, <laughs> more than the women are wondering about consent, um, it's very useful. Um, you know, women, we've, we've always known but we've, we've assumed that we should just exist in survival mode because for like thousands of years, that was basically, you know, thousands of years of patriarchy. Um, so basically the extent of like written history, more or less, you know, we, we felt that so long as like I come out of this alive and in one piece, I'm good to go, you know. And then if I have kids, I and my kids come out of this in one piece, you know. Uh, and so what, what the effect of that is that it 
created a distance between the sense of the self in the woman and her body. Mm-hmm. You know, in the female body, she grew, she grew further and further apart from it, so that it, we call it it, we don't call it me, um, so that she could keep her sanity or her faith or her whatever it is uh, that her culture had taught her, you know, she was, no matter what happened to the body. <laughs> so, um, and I feel that that dichotomy has always been much more powerful for women than men, um, because men, by means of being expected to kind of like take over the woman and, um, you know, look after, support the young and fight off, you know, an established territory and like, you know, defend what's theirs, um, we're a little more integrated in, in the sense of like me and my body. Like this, you know, that's why we say like men think with their second head sometimes about their, you know, their dick, which we don't think say much about the women because it does, you know, there is a bigger kind of split between, you know, self and body for the woman for that reason. But here we are and it's the 21st century and we've already had like three waves of feminism and now we're in the moment of consent. And I, I believe that all women, except for like, the ones who are just now coming into adulthood, um, who are taking this for granted, and God bless them, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but oh, everyone else is doing a reboot. You know, it's like you have a new software and you're updating and you're realizing, you go back and you're realizing, oh, there's like a handful of times or a dozen of times or who knows, you know, 50 times, I don't know, that. I, would, I didn't want to be there, but I did it because it was easier to just let it happen to me and you know, get through it and be done than speak up and make a scene or scream or look for help and who would believe me. And you know, Especially in situations where one knows one another, which literally there was no name for until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were not considered a crime or husband and wife, you know, right. which you know, even now... The vast majority of the world assumes that if you're married, the husband can do whatever to the body of the wife. Um, so yeah, I, I feel that you know the, the tantric wisdom and the tantric, let's say, um, learning is is one of the portals that lets us into this new, more evolved world because we can learn how to speak about consent uh, in the context of our own personal, like romantic in life. Yeah. Um, and and translate that into safety for both, you know. So the men who, as I started of saying, you know, now feel a little confused, um, you know, they feel a little on the spot. They feel like unless they're married to the woman or have somehow like bought her consent, um, they could always be doubted or you know second guessed or you know. So there is a little de- a growing sense of paranoia, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't. I don't think is warranted, but f- finding that language and finding that space in them, you know, for men, where where they can have the same experiences with the same women that they would anyway, through whatever you know, the dating apps or you know, uh, however they they meet them, but just using a different terminology, mm-hmm. the terminology of consent, they would be much safer. Yeah, and, th- and this is why. 
Tantra is, is so old yet so ahead of its time. Right. We've been talking and I mean, it was probably the first place where like boundaries and consent, maybe it wasn't called consent exactly, but that was a part of this permission, you know, and it's voicing your desires. Um, for, for many years in red Tantra, which is the sexual side of Tantra, which I'll say is only a small sliver of Tantra. So you can practice yes, Tantra yes, just yes, like, doing yeah. yoga, meditation, yeah. tantra, breath work, white it, Tantra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So re- in the re- world of red Tantra, when you're working, it's with such an intimate experience in a conscious way, permission and boundaries and consent and all that has been there. And now it's coming up as something really important. And now I go to, you know, Tantra festivals and different Tantra workshops. And now there's the Wheel of Consent um, by Betty uh, Martin. And, and there's so many different ways to go really deep into consent. And mm. it's such a beautiful place to practice in. And then for What's my- What's the Wheel of Consent? I'm the Wheel sorry, of Consent know. is, uh, this could be a three-hour talk, but it's basically mm. something Betty Martin um, created. And it, it's a wheel. And it basically says that um, there's the doing and then there's the gift, right? So it's the receiver, receiving, and the action. And it's not in the action or who's receiving the gift or, or giving the gift that actually can be the problem, right? It's when consent is taken out. So if you're outside of consent, that's when we get into our problem. So it's not an action and it's not who's receiving or giving. But being clear on who, what role you're in is super important to start to understand has consent left a situation. So there's tons of videos and research on it that you can take a look at, but it's an amazing piece of work that's huge in the Tantra world. And that's going to eventually come into regular modern day society. But in my Tantra sessions, the reason I'm able to do what I do and, and I get regular clients is because I create a safe space for women who walk around the streets most of the time, not feeling safe, not knowing right. oh, what yeah, could happen sure. next. Yeah. And now they're in an experience where we've talked about boundaries. We've talked about your fears. We've talked about your desires. We've talked about what do you want to manifest? What is your intention for this? What do you want to let go of? And we've really created this container. I have a very thorough intake form. So that by the time we get to anything more than coaching and speaking and some meditation, they feel so safe that when they are actually naked and actually emotionally vulnerable, physically vulnerable, they feel safe. And that's when the mm-hmm, body starts mm-hmm. to let go and mm-hmm. relax and you're not mm-hmm. clenching and holding on to mm-hmm. anything and then the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know what the magic is for each individual, but something happens, something shifts. And that's why some walk away going, this was the most amazing experience of my life or I can now feel into my body again or I can have orgasms I never had before in my life. Uh, and we were talking about this. I mean, a lot of women just like, they've written off like, oh, I, I only have clitoral orgasms. Or I can never squirt. That's for those women in porn or whatever it is. And they say that and they've, they've cut off a possibility because of their own mindset or their own trauma. And in reality, I believe that all women, except for a small minority that may have physical limitations, um, they can have every type of female orgasm, clitoral, um, G spot, um, cervical, et cetera. And, they can also squirt. They could have what's called amrita, which is really the divine nectar in Tantra. And that is a female ejaculation. So it's, it is possible. It's just where do we limit ourselves? And when, when a woman comes in and says before a session, I, I, I can't squirt, I never have, I never will. And then in a two-hour session or three-hour session, she has that experience. It's not about 
having that uh, amrita, that, that female ejaculation. It's about she realizes and sees a physical manifestation of something she's limited herself so deeply that it was just not a possibility, and it happens. And then the light bulb goes off and it goes, wow, what about all those other areas in my life that I said I couldn't do that or there's no way or it's impossible? And suddenly it all opens up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And for myself, I really feel, I mean, that's like the purpose for this podcast. I really feel, feel that the reset for humanity, which is kind of, is overdue right now because of climate emergency and many other things. But I feel the reset is in the, in the sexual exchange. Because if we can turn around the, you know, dominant, the, the prevalent, the so-called, you know, normal uh, sexual exchange, turn it around, I think everything else will turn and find its rightness. You know, it find its place, meaning all the laws and, and the social codes and the morals that we've been taught, which are really habits, and we can just as easily unlearn them if we agree that like everybody else is doing it and we're not outliers and the you know pervs or the weirdos or whatever. I think everything else would catch up if the if the exchange you know between men and women at its most basic and primal is turned around. So that it's not the man who must conquer and get satisfied and leave, right? It's not, you know, the, the, the female body is not the receptacle, receptacle, but the female body is the giver. So f- for the woman to ejaculate or, you know, it, it's a physical manifestation of that equality, you know, mm. of the, of the, of the sameness. And, and fortunately, we have reached a place in history where, you know, miraculously, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, most men care about pleasing the woman, <laughs> which again is super recent. So we got to hold on to it and not take it for granted because, you know, history is long and this is super recent. But, you know, with that as a starting point, you know, men now do find pride in, you know, having their partner come, you know, giving their women an orgasm. So, um, sadly, you know, women will fake an orgasm just Mm. to get it over with, but that's because the man doesn't try the right way and the man doesn't try because he doesn't know what the fuck is going on because nobody's talking about it because it's all forbidden because for whatever reason, we came up with gods who regulate our sex lives. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't me and you or even like your dad or my, my dad or, you know, it wasn't, but like, and I'm changing subject for a second, but like, uh, I, I want to come back to that one-on-one. But, you know, take Tantra. Now that's a, a nation of millions, right? And in their ancient religions, it didn't occur to them that any of their countless gods would like have rules and regulations as to how they were in, in bed, you know, procreating as men and women. They had rules about crazy stuff, who's clean, who's unclean, this, that, you know, like all kinds of stuff. We eat the cow, don't eat the cow, you know, vegetarian, don't kill a fly. Like, so there were all kinds of stuff. But same thing with the ancient Greeks, you know, they came up with all this, uh, they basically invented Western civilization. You know, poetry, philosophy, drama, da 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 go down the list, you know, medicine. Their gods were like, Un- undying versions of themselves. You know, the gods like lived on nectar, not food, right? 
But then when it came to sex, the guys got turned on. And the guys, like, you know, raped and, you know, fucked each other and fell in love. And had, it didn't occur to them to have the guys regulate what type of, like, physical exchange is good or bad. So, again, it, you know, if, if we were able to come out of the social conditioning and look at it rationally and logically, it just doesn't make sense. And if we understand that it's nonsense, just that bit. You know, we can hold on to any faith. <laughs> but if we just separate, you know, like sin, stealing, murdering, from, like, you know, having uh, unmarried sex, huh? But, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, if you separate, if you take sex out of those equations of good and bad or identity or self-worth or whatever, then we're able to go to what we used to know, you know, and resume that equality in sexual exchange and do that shift, that turnaround, so the man finds pleasure in opening up time and pleasuring the woman. And I feel that, you know, Tantra is, is a, one of many portals, you know, but it's definitely a simple exercise for the average guy out there to practice, you know, to kind of make that into a new habit because our brains are formed by what we happen to do the most. And if we change what we do, then our way of thinking about it changes too. It comes, our, our thoughts, our memories come second. <laughs> so um, that's why we say like, you know, people can get used to everything. Yeah. So if the guy makes the, the, the male, you know, decides that um, for every time we have sex my way, the other time I will not, you know, I will, I will not ejaculate. I will stay covered. I will please her. I will try to understand her body. I will try to become her and become more of a giver. I really think that the men would enjoy it more, you know, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, what I teach and when I teach men Tantra is, really going from an unconscious sexual relationship with yourself to a conscious one. Most men were not taught how to be conscious, how to please a woman, how to do any of these things. So they've just taken in kind of by osmosis from pornography and media and things they've heard from other people that they just kind of were like, okay, this is what I got to do. I got to please her. I got to do this technique. And I hope that she has an orgasm or something to that extent where Tantra teaches just to be present, to connect, to be slow and, and not miss these moments that happen when you start to get into your head and reach some sort of goal. So a lot of men come to me, they want to become better lovers. And this is the kind of stuff that I teach. But also a lot of men are so in their heads that they have erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation. So to come back again and bring consciousness to it, why do you have that? Typically, it's just a mindset shift that is all it needs to take. So a lot of men come to me for coaching for erectile dysfunction. Two weeks into our coaching, that's not even an issue anymore. And now we're diving deep into Tantra, how to be a, a conscious dater, how to be conscious with your self-pleasure rituals. I have them eradicate porn for at least a week, if not two weeks, just to see what that cleanse does. We're doing all these juice cleanses and diet cleanses, but what about cleansing from our sexual energy where we're polluting it? on a regular basis and, and having that be clean and then start from that space. So there's a lot to work with. So when what's it comes the, what's the way, uh, what's the basic, you know, treatment for the erectile dysfunction or the, 
what was the other one? Uh, premature ejaculation. Yeah, premature, yeah. yeah, so so my belief in all of this, and and I would say tantra too, is is that people are not being present. Um, so when you're having erectile dysfunction, typically you're in your head. And you're trying to make something mm. happen. So mm. you've created a so goal. It's the goal again. Mm. You've created a goal. Um, also, you know, I mean, I go to sex parties and that's a big part of my tantra world now is like talking to people about being open and going to those things. So a lot mm -hmm. of guys are talking about, you know, what goes on at those parties. Like, oh, how, how do I, you know, I'm going to get hard in front of all these people. And like, that's it. It's in front of all these people. You've now set something that you have to get hard. But the problem also comes with, you know, women who are also kind of bought into that mentality. And a woman could just hold her hand on a man's soft lingam and be there with him and look into his eyes. She could put some oil on it and just play with it without a goal of it getting hard, mm -hmm. but instead just to be there with him and know that mm -hmm. it's okay to be soft. There's plenty of fun things you can do with a soft on. Oh, yeah. And when you enter that space together of you're fine exactly how you are, mm -hmm. you've entered Tantra. Mm -hmm. We're accepting you as you are. Mm -hmm. If your penis isn't getting hard right now, it's not meant to. Mm -hmm. I had I was a demo model for a <laughs> for a tantra massage in front of thirty five people, and I it was a beautiful goddess. She's very well renowned uh, tantrika, and she's doing this in front of all these people, and I'm there, and I'm I'm not getting hard. And I'm going, oh my God. The first thought was to go back to my <laughs> old self. It's like, I need to get harder. What am I doing? And I start going in my mind to think of, you know, all these different fantasies and stuff. And then I go, wait a second. Let me be Tantra. Let me go mm. back to everything I've learned. Mm -hmm. And of course, I just came back into my body. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, tears started streaming down my eyes like I've never felt. It wasn't like the cry that you typically see. It was just tears streaming. Mm. And I realized that that was what my body mm -hmm. needed in that moment. Yeah. It was an emotional, the I had been so hard on myself yeah. for so long. Mm -hmm. And these tears came out and, mm -hmm. and it wasn't meant to happen mm -hmm. down there. The releases mm -hmm. come from your eyes sometimes. Right. Your tears can come from your yoni sometimes. Mm -hmm. So for me, it wasn't about sexual energy right then, but I was able to hone in on that and mm -hmm. be with that and then have an experience that was magical. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's so important. I feel that we, you know, uh, have for, you know, for a while kind of put all the emphasis on the, you know, the hardon, you know, the erect phallus. Um, the bigger, the better, which like in practical terms, I can say now is not true because like when it's big, it hurts. It hurts. Like when it's really big, you you know, it, it well, doesn't fit everywhere. No, I am, I am trying to liberate like, <laughs> the, I'm, we're not shaming it, but I'm just saying that it's a, it's a strange myth, you know, where women, you know, will continue to like rate penises by size and it, it's, crazy like what yeah. you know yes what you do with it is more important but anyway there is no rating you know like rating is is creeping you know no yeah. there, there, there are no standards so when you use inches that becomes a stupid and meaningless standard you know i mean you know i don't believe in numbers because i was like <laughs> why are you introducing numbers in this <laughs> but um yeah we should I, I should yeah speak of that too um but yeah, I feel that, you know, what you did is you opened up time. The expansion mm -hmm. was the expansion of time. In the so massage. In, yes, yeah. in the massage, right. So, so in, that, in that experience, you took longer than, than, than is familiar, right? Right, you almost so feel strange. After a while, right, you pass through a threshold and you realize... This is not what I 
I thought, you know, I'm giving up. <laughs> Nothing's going on here. Uh, I might as well, like, you know, give up, right? And it's in that place. It's after you lose expectation because you realize it's something other mm-hmm. that you can do the shift. So, you know, delaying sexual gratification for both, for both, you know, is, is a great gift. Yeah. And, that, and sort of glad, rushing and hearing it, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad you bring that up because that's what happens in a lot of sessions is uh, I and other tantric practitioners, that you work really slow. You're warming up the body. You're moving, especially if you're working on a woman, you're moving this sexual energy actually out from the outside in towards the yoni. That's what the, generally a feminine core energy person wants um, or anyone who's in their feminine energy in a sexual situation is they don't want you to just go grab their yoni they don't want you to come mm-hmm, move right mm-hmm, in what they mm-hmm, want is mm-hmm. that caresses on the neck mm-hmm. massaging the inner mm-hmm. thigh and take as much time as you want to the point that the yoni is begging for you to touch it begging mm-hmm. for you to come in mm-hmm. but we're so trained to think like well i need immediate gratification or this mm-hmm. needs to happen soon or mm-hmm. what, what's going on here this mm-hmm. is not normal that you have to pass that threshold that you just mm-hmm. mentioned to be like oh, wait a second, this is something different. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. something really beautiful and special mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like keeping the male covered, like wearing uh, something, shorts, something is helpful because in the, be- you know, in the beginning, because it takes away that cue, you know, we've been trained socially again, conditioned. Oh, you know, you see like the so-called raging hard on. Another ridiculous word. What does it mean, raging? Why? Like you want white rage in your dick? No, <laughs> I don't even get that. But it's that's empowering. It's like I got a raging, huh? Yeah. Anyway, but the point is, you know, like not having that, I think, can be at least in, you know, to begin with liberating for both because it gives them a break from having to like satisfy, you know, the erect phallus. And, you know, so moving away from like the phallocratic mindset, um, you know, where, which is the mindset of procreation only. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where it starts. You know, when our God says you should only have the God that we came up with tells us that we should only have sex to make babies, and then we slowly, right, through like decades and then centuries and then millennia, DNA after DNA tell our little body cells, right, brain cells, that that's what we're doing. Sex is for that to like, in, you know, be inside me and come, and right. then we're done. That's what we are taught. We have been taught it for so long, but it goes against our nature. We wouldn't be able to have orgasms as women. We wouldn't be able to have seven different orgasms, you know, from the clitoral, which is outside and doesn't need the phallus at all, to like the ejaculation, which is exactly like what the male does. And I you know, in the best in the best experiences, I think, happen simultaneously. Um, that that wouldn't be there from nature if it was just about the male penis, you know, ejaculating. And that's why the this experience is so unique and so special and why I truly believe every woman should experience a tantra massage. Um, it's very clear <laughs> and black and white. What I say in the beginning of every session is you are the receiver and I'm the giver. This is not a transactional experience like everyone's used to in the real world. Yes. Oh, he's touching me there. I need to touch him. He's getting me off. I need to get him off. Oh, but you know, it's it's like this transaction. Right. Yeah. And this is a different experience. Yeah. You get to receive as the goddess that you truly are and experience your power for two to three hours. That's how long my sessions are. And yeah, you don't have to do time. a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's hard for some people mm-hmm. to be in that realm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to just trust, to be open and to allow. And that's when this kind of pleasure mm-hmm. and this healing mm-hmm. really can occur, mm-hmm. occur. Yeah. But it's hard because we're not used to it. It's new, you know, and that, that makes it hard. You know, right. it's like when you do an update of, on, your, on your software, you know, on your phone, and you're like, shit, why did they have, now they changed everything. I have to relearn everything. Things were fine. You know, it's just hard because... Yep. We're not used to it, but I think with like a few tries, well, <laughs> it's listen, no longer this, hard. This is why I say, this is why yeah. I say, Tantra has the worst marking de- department in the history of the world. It is a five thousand year old tradition that we're like just trying to teach people about. Like somehow it hasn't caught on that like this is how we could be with our sexual energy. That like this well, it was is around. The, I mean, I mean, I haven't been alive that long, but it's yeah, it's been, it's been around. around. But yeah. but look at what we're doing. We're untraining everything we've actually right, learned yeah, throughout time yeah, yeah. and bringing in this thing. Not right. that it's new. That is no. five thousand years old because right. it's been repressed and pushed away. Uh, no, right. and basically slighted mm-hmm. because whatever. I don't. I mean, I don't know. When I look at all like religions and why would you say that like sex is bad or that you well know, the you Hindu religion doesn't have this problem I right. mean at least not until recently when uh, you know certain anyway we're not going to get into but the point <laughs> the is is religion. what would be the reason that anyone would be like you should you know cut off your sexual energy or don't masturbate or don't have sex till you're to me if if what I said is true which I believe it is is that the sexual creative energy is the most powerful energy in the world. Well, if you want to control the masses, if you want people to be dulled down, cut off their sexual energy. Right, yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, there's lots more that they've done to the masses, but yeah. Yeah, that's just one one theory of this, and this is why I went into Tantra. And I'm -hmm. Jewish, I was raised Jewish, I was bar mitzvahed, I have nothing wrong with the Jewish religion. In fact, there wasn't really much sexual shaming or anything about sexuality in Jewish religion, so I I was lucky in that sense. Mm -hmm. But when I Reformed Jewish religion, no, there isn't, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, that's why I was (laughs) conservative reformed. But in the end, it's like... Well, why would I not choose Tantra? Mm. Tantra actually like has me embrace something that I always knew was very strong in mm-hmm. me, which was an openness and a freedom in sexuality. Mm-hmm. But also Tantra, like many of those more ancient religions, like the ancient Greek religion, like Wicca, like many of like the you know um, pre-patriarchy religions, um, they don't they they don't punish you or limit you into worshiping one type only, you know, there isn't this idea that of heresy, right? You're not, a, you sh- you're not shunned or excommunicated because you paid attention to like another God by another name, you know, they're much more inclusive. So like you can worship them and then you can also worship something else at the same time equally. And that's fine. That's, so that's part of also, you know, what we're opening up. The expansion can be also in the religious sense, you know, like, we can follow the religious habits of our, you know, forebears and ancestors and just open up enough to let other, you know, religious teachings in as well. Without it's acceptance. Without giving one up or, or betraying something. Right. Yeah. It's acceptance. And so honestly, this exclusivity, which starts, you know, in the religion, then goes all the way to like marriage. Mm-hmm. I will talk about that. In, yeah. Go ahead. It you goes into saying, everything else. But yeah. I mean, Tantra, if you wanted to boil it down in really simple terms, could be called acceptance it could mm-hmm. be called love mm-hmm. that could be it oh, that's yeah. really what tantra is to me mm-hmm. it's also freedom mm-hmm. so that to me is the discipline the mm-hmm. you know the way of life that that i choose and i absolutely love it and i think that if more people kind of embraced it 
the problem is, is it's just difficult to get past the idea of like, oh, this is out there, or this isn't for me, well, or I also, couldn't be there. We've had this that. conversation, but another problem is that it should be free. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of these things should be free, but that's, you know, me. I think just give it to the people and they'll take it. You give them things free, they'll take them. But, you know, it's, it's difficult, but like it's free to go to church, notably. You know, it's free for most people to watch porn. I mean, you can watch porn without like pain unless you're really committed to it, you know. <laughs> you can, you know what I mean? So the stuff that we consider limiting, you know, it's free to watch Trump all day long, you know. So that's all free, notably. But like, um, you know, we, we expect people to pay for what we believe is life-changing and needed. So I do have a little issue that I do feel that money corrupts. And it's, again, a difficult, you know, path to tread because we need to live and we need to, you know, homes and uh, so I understand that. Um, it, it would be great if, if there were sponsors, if, mm -hmm. you know, some of those billionaires who spend their money trying to get elected, which won't happen, you know, spend their money to, like, uh, you know, uh, support teachers and, you know, freedom givers and mm -hmm. life changers. Sexual freedom coach. Right. Sexual so, so freedom I, coach I and all the other type of coaches mm -hmm. that are out there. So, you know, spiritual enablers and, you know, and enlightenment uh, leaders and all kinds of, you know, who would would do such a better job if they yeah. didn't have to charge because what happens is all this stuff stays among the elite. So, yes, the rich take a, you know, can like sample everything. Yeah. And then, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to finish this point. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. The rich sample all, all this stuff, learn what they can or want, you know, can from it. And then what they do is they turn it into their own empty, hollowed out version of like mass culture. So if they feel that there is something in it, they will make a product out of it and they will market it to the masses and they'll sell it for cheap and it will be hollow. It diluted. won't be itself. Yeah, yeah. It becomes it diluted. Diluted, yeah. It will be like, uh, well, I told, we were talking, you know, it will be like rap music where it's the protest voice of, you know, an extremely oppressed minority. And now it's like pussy money weight, you know, I'm going to make, make more money and get like bigger gold chains so I can fuck more girls you know I'm sure not in a tantric way <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they talk about tantra in a lot of rap songs <laughs> but That'd like nice. to actually have one on one you right. right to say okay I'm gonna use like my well, however many billion dollars Bloomberg is spending or the other one or any one of them <laughs> you know on, on politics to get their will you know obeyed if they would use those millions and say I'm gonna hire an army of like 50,000, 100,000 coaches. Healers and coaches. And send yeah. them out so they can work one-on-one -on -one with, with, with people. I had an idea. Be extraordinary. I had an idea for a company like that. I haven't been able to follow through with it. So if anyone out there knows anyone or <laughs> wants to take this idea, like, I mean, hit me up. I'll help you with it. But uh, basically a platform where the, the philanthropists of the world and and people that want to donate and they're already donating to charities and things like that where the money goes all different ways in different places can actually donate direct to healers. 
because right. I, yeah, I always yeah, think yeah. about it. If some if someone just like donated a hundred thousand dollars and to them and that would be nothing to nothing. me, right. I could charge nothing for my sessions and do exactly, exactly. what you said. Do you know, exactly. I don't need that much to live. I'm not trying no. to make zillions of no. dollars. No, I love what I do. Yeah, but that's I do need the to irony live. of it. Right, people like us don't need that much. But I, like we're not in it to compete. You know, with, with other people. The, with in, in, from that instinct that makes someone rich, you right. know, we but just I, don't have that. Well, we've we've also simplified our lives. Like I went mm-hmm. from having a lot of money and living that kind of high life to leaving that behind because I wanted to do something more fulfilling and purposeful. But I never blame the rich. I never blame business no, people or, or no, the government we love because business. Well, it's it's our responsibility. I, I, I live I from a place rich, of res- love, yeah. <laughs> I live from a place of responsibility. Mm-hmm. If I want to make a shift, then I get to go create the abundance in my life. And in the sessions that I do, sometimes that's what we address. The root chakra is where you will have issues. If you have issues around money, if you have issues around scarcity, uh, insecurity, all of that is there. So, to address it within ourselves and be responsible for what we're creating in the world, to me, is the most powerful place to come from. I could sit here and blame everybody else in the world for whatever no, we're issues. We're not blaming I have. anyone. We love everyone, but I do what I, what what I spoke of critically is the commercialization of of practices yeah. that have been age old, ancient, and you know. Um, Mostly spiritual, right? So then, my question is, so how do we that's create all that? I said. That's all I said. That right. spiritual enrichment and learning should be free, the way it is in the established religions. Right. The same way that you can go to Bible class or you know Jewish reform. I, I would, uh, I would or argue the that yeshiva it's or not whatever, free. I, or I, the I, madrasas Hebrew, or whatever. They, no, not not private school. The spiritual school. They're free. If you want to go to the high holidays at a temple at any place, it's expensive for those (laughs) Uh, tickets. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. They pass around the thing, but you don't have to give. I mean, you, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. And and if there was a way to to not dilute it and have it go to the masses, then I'm all for that. I would love it. I mean, I I look what happened to yoga. I mean, right. Exactly. Yoga went from like a very deeply spiritual experience and to everybody running around in their expensive Lululemon clothes, which are great. I love Lululemon. But like, what is it now? Yeah, there and for isn't some people enough it is time. Deep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to say when you said when you spoke of manifesting, um, which I'm all for, right? And of yeah, and I yeah, like what, what was that called? The secret, that book, the mm-hmm. secret. You know, there is like a, a whole industry of books talking about this that we can like adjust our expectations, we can adjust our thoughts. Uh, you know, visualize what we want and make it happen, and and I do agree with the you know with the idea behind it, with the concept behind it. But again, it's something that takes a lot of practice, meditation, inner focus. You know, it it takes the same work that like doing tantra. It's the shift. It's mm. a it's a brain reset. It's not like you know, okay, you know, I'm gonna have dinner. And now I'm gonna visualize, you know, what I want. Or it's it, at the superficial level, it's not, you know, for a hack of any kind, you know, that can actually change your life. You need to take the time and do it, and the repetition. So it always helps to have a guide. Um, so to to you know to use the creative energy or the sexual energy to manifest creativity in your work. That's, I mean, I think that's kind of self-evident to everyone. Like everyone would like to do that. Wow. Like imagine if I felt that 
you know, great and expansive when I worked or when I came up with stuff or, you know, how could I keep myself at that level of mm-hmm. openness, you know, longer? But to actually figure how to do that shift, it takes, you know, practice right. and time. And we're going in the opposite direction. We're allowing people less and less time. You know, we're all busier trying to busy, catch up. Busy, busy, yeah. With the latest, like, app. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I have to update my website again for the 50th time. What? That? No. Yeah, it's obsolete. Everything's obsolete. The moment that you think, okay, you did, like, the basics, everything's obsolete. Right. Your tastes, well, your clothes, your brands, blah, blah. So, like, now that's the, for me, like, you know, their biggest... Um, Power is their control of time and attention. Know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's and taking attention our attention. Span, but, but you brought also up a good point. Us from time of time. Yeah, and you brought up a good point about the sexual creative power in tantra. A lot of people just think, oh, like tantra is just this sexual thing or whatever it is. But actually, what we're doing is using the sexual creative power, which we mentioned, creates consciousness, creates another human being, and and setting intentions to it so that we actually create things in our lives with this energy. So like you're saying, you can sit there and say, I want to manifest this and just sit there and hope that it comes or just say affirmations. How about using your sexual energy? And you don't need to do this with a partner. You can do a self-pleasure ritual where you set up the space beautifully. You honor yourself. um, You set beautiful music, the lighting, the candles, the incense, whatever it is that makes you feel really beautiful and love the hell out of yourself Mm -hmm. and set an intention and then Play with yourself in a mm-hmm. really conscious way, mm-hmm. right? Not the frantic masturbation that men are doing. Mm-hmm. Not to porn. Not a crazy jackhammer yeah, vibrator. Too. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a jackhammer vibrator, but mm-hmm. just being there with yourself and your body and experiencing your energy and breathing mm-hmm. and taking your time. <clears throat> Set a date with yourself for that and, and really get clear on what you want to manifest. Mm-hmm. Tell me that that's not effective. Yeah. Yeah, I no, agree. Just try it and yeah. l- let no, me know. No, it's so therapeutic on every level, yeah. If that and doesn't work. I'm, like, go ahead. I'm Tantra Love Coach on Instagram. <laughs> if you do this experience and it doesn't work at all, let me know. I'd yeah. like to know what's going on. Yeah, it will work. I mean, I feel that, it, you know, being able to love yourself, uh, you know, uh, physically, first of all, allows you to make peace with your body, which is by itself an important achievement you know these days where it's so easy for us to feel inadequate and you know work hard so we can make money so we can go pay someone to fix our body to look another (laughs) way so we you know fit like some uh, pre you know wealth to health yeah some some like uh pre-recorded ideal, which, by the way, keeps changing. <laughs> like, if you study history, you know, it doesn't stay the same. So you keep catch, trying to catch up. You know, right now it's the northern, uh, <laughs> like, you know, mid-northern European. <laughs> um, but it changes. Yeah. yeah. So um, loving yourself, the, the first, you know, the first, I think, achievement is that, that you can feel lovable. And then you also learn your body. So perhaps you discover more types of orgasm or mm-hmm. more, you know, uh, pleasure triggers, pleasure spots. Yeah, and right? there's power in that, uh-huh. right? It's not just about an orgasm, having a great orgasm. It's a power, to, a powerful experience to be like, wow, this is how it was for so long for me. And now it's over here. And now it's over here. And now it's over here. Like, where does it stop? It doesn't. It's limitless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I was going to ask you, because you mentioned the clock, and I didn't understand that. And uh. I couldn't understand it. But that may be something useful for a man who actually wants to 
to try out yoni massage with his partner and and try out understanding yes. you know the vagina in a new way yeah what is that so what what I, what I was doing um with you, you was called yoni with, mapping uh-huh okay and this is, should be done with any partners um on the woman and what you do is you basically ask her to give you a number between zero and 10, 10 being the most pleasurable, zero being like, I don't feel it. And also if there's any pain to bring that up and you basically with your finger inserted, of course, with permission and consent, you have your finger inserted and you, you use like a come hither motion first at 12 o'clock. So the 12 o'clock would be the top, like behind the clip basically. And you ask her what that was and she may say, oh, that's, that's an eight. Okay, and then you move a little bit to the left right? That's going to be 11 o'clock. And you go, oh, that's, that's a seven. Then you go over another spot on the clock. So you're going around the clock in each of these positions, asking her, how does that feel? How does that feel? How does that feel? And sometimes you'd be surprised that some area where you didn't realize is actually quite pleasurable for her. Right. So for you to get to know her yoni, but also for her to get to know her mm-hmm. yoni and really start to play around with that and experience it. And sometimes in a tantra session, there may be spots that are completely numb. There may be spots that are painful. And those are areas to pay attention to, to start to understand. Is this an area where there's trauma and there needs mm. to be maybe some dearmoring or some healing work, some healing energy? Um, other times there could be a, like a physical issue that like should be addressed. Mm-hmm. But What do you mean by dearmor? Dearmoring, so our body will armor itself typically from trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. that's kind of it could be almost seen in like a re- mm-hmm. recoiling, or- and that can get caught up. Whatever that abuse or that experience mm-hmm. was, a boundary being broken, can actually just get caught in the muscle tissue. So dearmoring is something in the tantra world where typically it's around pressing pretty deeply and hard into a spot while they're breathing and having a cathartic type experience to move Mm. this energy out. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's something that, you know, you shouldn't do unless you're really trained in it, but it's about de-armoring the body because think about it. Like, you know, we talk about our hearts being hardened and whatever, building Mm -hmm. a wall. Mm -hmm. We're armoring ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're armoring parts of our body because they've been hurt hurt again. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you think about someone who may have uh, been Mm -hmm. raped, Mm -hmm. there could be parts Parts of the yoni that are just mm-hmm. hardened and armored because mm-hmm. it, it wanted to pull back and recoil during mm-hmm. that experience. Mm-hmm. So um, doing and yoni mapping can bring up a lot of kind of understanding of what's going on in, in the area. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And how do you translate that that to the lingam massage? Do you have something equivalent? Um, we do. It's a it's a pleasure scale for the man so that he can actually let um, whoever his partner is know when he's getting close to orgasm, okay? So if a man is trying to practice non-ejaculatory control, the woman could be doing, or the man, whoever they're with, could be doing um, stimulation, and he's going to be there in his experience, and he might go, okay, we're at a six, oh, we're at a seven, well, we're at an eight, and then at an eight, she might go, okay, let me calm it down, because he's going to ejaculate, because maybe the nine is a point of no return, and a 10 is he's ejaculating, mm. Right, So this allows um, the partner and also the man to get really acclimated to, all right, where am I at and, and how can I edge myself? So maybe edging yourself is like a, at a seven where you mm-hmm. can try and really stay there and mm-hmm. stay consistently in this really sweet spot of pleasure while you're breathing, mm-hmm. starting to expand that sexual energy. Mm-hmm. But it's also very helpful for men that are having um, premature ejaculations. So mm-hmm. they can't control their ejaculation. It's happening sometimes before mm-hmm. they even get right. inside right. You know, right. their partner or they are being t- touched physically, sometimes they could just have that happen. Mm -hmm. So to be able to breathe, to drop into presence, to then be able to let people know where you're at 
Mm-hmm. Um, and even with just yourself, so you can do this with yourself and be like, okay, I'm I'm self pleasuring and like I'm mm-hmm. at like a seven right now. I don't know why, but I was doing that from the age I started masturbating. I was edging oh, really? myself and being at a level of before I would ejaculate, and now mm-hmm. I have amazing ejaculatory control. So I think that really helped. But I didn't mm-hmm. know why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I just knew it felt good. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I I want to you know I, I wanted to speak to two things. One is the you know the beauty and the attractiveness of the flaccid penis which I mm-hmm. was going to before and I, I we, went, we followed another path um, but you know again like in ancient Greek art uh, in the Renaissance you know we now assume because we've been conditioned a, a certain way that the penis in the in the beautiful statues that hundreds of thousands of people go to see every every you know month um, is flaccid out of modesty, but it's not. Mm. It's the beauty, you know, it's the beauty of the male youth at rest or, you know, the men at rest. Th- they had lots of statues with uh, erect penises as well. Um, it was just not uh, considered beautiful or at least, you know, in, a, in, a, in an idealized way because the erect penis kind of simply, you know, signified like um, urge, you know, mm. a, a place of being, you know, a, a, a kind of a usurping m- movement, right? So in order to find like that idealized um, feeling in front of beauty that makes you feel in awe and in peace at the same time, they will, you know, would choose the flaccid penis. By that, mm. I'm just... You know, I want to. I'm saying that to say that you know, judging it or 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 feeling judged by it is, you know, again one of those nonsensical things. And I and I'm and I I think that many of us don't stop to think about it. You know, so like if you're a man and you're not turned on, you're like, oh God, I'm so humiliated. What? No, you know, it's beautiful. I mean, and and for a woman, she feels like, oh, he doesn't want me. It's me. You know, whatever. I'm ugly. I'm not doing the yeah. right. It's all everyone's mm, ego and insecurities. Right. Me, when me, in me. reality, <laughs> in, in the tantra world, we actually right. learn. And in, in many of the workshops and trainings I've done, you learn different techniques to work with a flaccid penis. Right. So imagine all the. I mean, I love certain um, experiences when my when my cock is soft. I enjoy it. There's certain things you can do with it that you can't do with a hard cock. So if you really want to like reach a new level with a partner or with yourself, love your soft on, love your soft on. And if <laughs> yeah. you're a partner whose who's partner has a soft on, love their soft on, right? Get rid of the idea that it needs to be hard right. and it will probably end up getting harder than it's ever been before. Right. So but, really be with regardless, that. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Be with that and be with yeah. like, it's okay to have a soft on. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good thing to, to do generally in life, you know, to kind of as much as we can when we're not in, you know, money-making space or something like that, you know, allow for no expectation or for less expectation, you know. We're in an anxiety-ridden culture, Mm. You know, we used to be depressed and now we're more anxious than depressed even. And I think that it's that our relationship with time is getting more and more challenging and hectic. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a tyranny. So being able to kind of, you know, open up space for everything really, you know, between you and whatever, whether it's your child speaking to you or, 
your boss or something you see as you go for a walk or when you're driving or, you know, no matter what, like when you're lying in bed trying to sleep or trying to masturbate or, you know, when you're about to eat or whatever, you know, like try to stretch, expand right. that experience to something longer than it usually is. Right. And letting go of expectations right. was huge mm. what you're talking about. One right. of the Greatest things I've learned, and forgive me, I forget who told it to me, but um, <laughs> expectations are preconceived resentment. Mm, so well, the yeah. second you set expectations, you're already getting ready for the resentment because it's very unlikely your expectation is exactly going to be met. So there's usually going to mm -hmm. be a, an issue. So if your expectation is a hard cock, you're resenting the cock. So don't resent the cock. Don't have an expectation. Imagine if you could just be with a, a male who has a soft penis. And enjoy whatever comes up in that area. Yeah. Yeah. And there will be so much. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like, you know, it's, again, it's a m very modern phenomenon because we, for like, I mean, what, until, until the end of World War II, which is so recent in the sense of like history, right? Most people more or less didn't expect to be gratified. I mean, there was like a tiny number who maybe were born kings or something, but whatever. They also like got gout and died young or, you know, they, the other king went and uh, killed them, imprisoned them, took them to the tower, beheaded them. You know, in general, like humans did not expect from life gratification, you know, and I feel that this is a, 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 a new thing that we're stuck in right now where, um, you know, especially with the invention of technology, we're just expecting that we're going to get high, we're going to get gratified, we're going to feel good, we're going to get the likes, we're going to get the approval, you know, this sort of thing. And we're missing the process. We are, we're losing the experience of how we're getting to the pleasure. And we're also losing, you know, the, the, the choice of of learning what our own pleasure is, because we're mm. just kind of like trying to, to f we're finding pleasure all the same way, mm, right? Everything's yeah. gamified, You're, it's like a casino. Our phone is a casino, our right. sex life is a casino. Hey, I'm, wow. I got a big project yeah. to do, but I'm numbers, procrastinating. Numbers. I'm gonna go masturbate to some porn. Like it's yeah. just like, how do we get our hits, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, letting go of that and actually just being present. And when I work with women as well, I. I like to have a moment of when I enter to just be still, mm -hmm. right? To have my finger be still in them, to just integrate. And I really recommend anybody who's partnered with a woman to have that experience of allowing them to just feel what stillness is like with mm -hmm. your love energy coming from your fingertip into their beautiful yoni. Mm -hmm. And most of us skip over that. The mm -hmm. second someone penetrates, they're just going at it. You know, what can I do? I got to do something, mm -hmm. right? And that is what we're missing in this whole world is what can we do and what can we experience in just stillness? Mm -hmm. So let's not miss those moments. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. All right. I feel that this is a good closure with the stillness. Mm. So, um, yeah, try to do less, right? And be more <laughs> and try to achieve less and experience more and try to slow down <laughs> man of the Western world or woman of the Western world. And um, thank you so much, Justin, Tantra Love Coach. TantraLoveCoach.com, yes. Tantra Love and Coach Instagram. on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So if you look up Tantra Love Coach, you will find me. Yeah, they will come to find you. Thank you so much. And we'll do it again. And until we meet next week, 
everybody out there, I love you and speak sex. If you like the intimacy of our conversations, if you're inspired by it, if you're learning how to speak sex with us, please consider supporting our podcast. It's uh, free content on every streaming app and it's also free of ads. We do not want our conversation to be affected or corrupted by the outside influence of advertisers. We want to keep it intimate and real. And for that, we need your help. If you go to speaksexpodcast.com or if you look at the bottom of the profile page on your streaming app or if you go on the Speaksex Podcast Instagram and hit the link tree, the support button will pop up right away. Consider making a monthly donation of like $1, $3, $5 a month. Just put it on your credit card the way that you might give money to your political candidate it's the same concept and that would keep us going much longer it will keep us growing buying equipment building a team and if you do not want to commit to supporting us with a minimum amount every month please consider donating at same places there is the donate button and then you can make a one-time contribution through paypal toward our growth and our survival and our becoming a movement and our joint liberation. So support us so we can help set you free. And thank you. Love you. We will love you just as much whether or not you help us and speak sex. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God.